Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Want to listen to 48 Hours uninterrupted? Subscribe to 48 Hours Plus for ad-free episodes today. Davis. I'm a retired United States uh, military police. Richard's my son. He was uh, 25 years old when they deployed him uh, to Iraq. And uh, he was so full of pride to be able to stand up for this country. Richard Davis, he was a good soldier. He was inventive. He was good with the mechanics, you know. He was real good with his hands. He was always in the fight. He didn't want to give up, you know, just like the rest of us. He's a comrade, a battle buddy. I look up to Richard because he's a real squared away soldier. When it came to job get done, he could do it better than anybody. The last time I talked to my son, he said, I love you, Daddy. I said, I love you too, Rich. I said, I want you to come home. He said, don't worry, Dad, I will. It took us about 22 days to get to Baghdad. Everybody came real tight when we got into the field. You know, now it's time to be a soldier. When you fight, you have to become one out there. Every day you just live with a constant fear. And at night, you can't sleep at night. You, you hear all this going around you, and you, you want to go to sleep, but your mind says, don't. I was very afraid for him. And then it was always in the back of my mind that I'd never see him again. I got a call from his platoon sergeant and he was looking for my son, Richard. And I told him, I said, well, Richard's still over in Baghdad Airport. He said, no, we have been returned for several days now, or Richard was, uh, he's AWOL. 
and I knew something right then was drastically wrong. To me, it's a very huge cover-up. Yeah, the Army's just thinking he's AWOL, and they're not even looking nothing, you know? They're just saying he's AWOL. But, but he wasn't, you know, and we knew, and nobody said anything. Duty, death, dishonor. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners. 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com/48hours. That's simplysafe.com/48hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Richard was so proud of himself. He was a very patriotic young man. Here's his beret. This is a scene that sadly has played out in homes across America for the last three years. This is uh, Operation Baker Vengeance. Southern phase, Nazaria. The parents of a soldier remembering their son as they rummage through a box of old gear. It was like a commando knife he carried his strapped it to your leg and battlefield souvenirs. Rocky flag he brought back. For Lanny and Remy Davis, sorting through their son's belongings is not just heartbreaking, it's baffling. That's because their son, Specialist Richard Davis, wasn't killed in Iraq. He just disappeared, and no one Lanny has talked to seems to know why. I think everyone's lying, and I'll tell them that straight to their face. Everyone is lying. Richard Davis grew up an army brat in California, Kansas, and Missouri. He was a loving son. He liked to have fun. And uh, he liked to make friends. And friendship to him meant, meant a lot. Tell me about this picture. When you look at that, is that pretty much rich to you, that big oh, yeah. grin? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's always, he was always doing stuff just to look funny, be funny. Being a soldier was in Richard's blood. His mother, Remy, was an army medic, 
and his father, Lanny, spent 20 years in the Army, serving several tours in Korea and Vietnam as a military policeman. He saw combat many times and suffered a permanent wound to his vocal cords. I would lose my voice a few times a week. So you have a constant reminder of your time in the military. Yes, ma'am. In 1998, when he was 19 years old, Lanny's son entered the family business. He haven't seen anything yet. Any action or nothing, yeah. been anywhere. He's still innocent. But Richard's first assignment was a rude awakening. He went to Bosnia. That's when they was opening these mass graves. And my son, uh, of course, was there to witness this. And I seen in his face that uh, <clears throat> he wasn't uh, the same Richard anymore. Uh, he, he had a lot of hurt in his eyes because he just couldn't understand how humanity could be so cruel and mean. Yet in 2001, when his three-year tour was up, Richard re-enlisted. He joined the Army's 3rd Infantry Division, the 3rd ID, and moved to Fort Benning in Columbus, Georgia. He was assigned to B Company and met the men who would be his brothers-in-arms. 365 days of the year, you're a soldier. You know what you're there for, to represent your flag, you represent your people, represent your corps. Jacob Burgoyne was one of B Company's top soldiers. What was your job? I was a gunner, Bradley, an M2A2, assault fighting vehicle. I like the, the fast-moving pace. I like the attitude, being in that uniform, looking good, standing tall, and having people under me. Mario Navarrete joined the company in 2002. I love the Army. You're becoming a part of a family. My job, I was a dismount. I was riding in a Bradley. We would put security to roof, clear rooms, clear houses, stuff like that. Douglas Woodcock had volunteered for the Army after September 11th. I had a feeling that eventually, you know, something would happen in the Middle East. I mean, there's, it's a volatile area. It's been like that for thousands of years. Eventually, we'd go there. Soon enough, they did. On March 20th, 2003, the invasion of Iraq began. Richard Davis and B Company took the lead. We were the tip of the spear, that, that we call, because if you actually see it on a map, there's, we form an arrow, and our company is right on the tip. There's bombs going off next to you, bullets flying everywhere. The fiercest battles happened when the company reached Baghdad. There was uh, blood everywhere. You see people dying left and right, and it was very, very scary. When you're out there, you're just full of anger. You know, it's a lot of violence. You just want to push through these people to get to the next objective. In the thick of it was Richard Davis. He was very excited. He was like a kid in a candy store. He wasn't scared? I never saw fear in his eyes. Richard was also acquiring a reputation for being incredibly inventive. He had found a little head-type nozzle and some old Iraqi, you know, five-gallon water canteens and some old PVC pipe made a little shower. And how popular was that? Popular enough that, you, you know, it was an hour or two wait just to take a two-minute shower. But as the weeks in Iraq wore on, the stress on the company was growing, and Richard's behavior, according to some soldiers, was becoming erratic and even dangerous. 
when we were supposed to be doing a job, he wouldn't do it. Richard's troubles seemed to come to a head one night in Baghdad when he came to company medic Edward Wolf, his hand bleeding from a knife wound. Did he seem scared at the time? Pretty worried about the wound in his hand. Richard claimed two soldiers, Mario Navarrete and Alberto Martinez, had cut his hand open. He was hit a couple of times. What do you mean he was hit a couple of times? By uh, Martinez and I believe Navarrete. How did you know? He told you or did you see Yeah, him? he told me. But Navarrete says the wound was self-inflicted and just one more example of Richard's increasingly strange behavior. All of a sudden, Davis jumps up and says, let's make a pet. Let's become blood brothers. This was Davis's idea? Yes. I remember cutting our hands, and Davis, he cut his hand on top. Whatever really happened that night, on May 20th, Richard made a desperate phone call to his parents. He said he didn't have a safe place to lay his head. He started looking out for himself. Was he scared of the enemy? Was he scared of Iraqis? Yeah, I think he was talking about his own people, his own soldiers, the comrades that he was afraid of. He was crying. He was crying on the he phone? He was begging me, Dad, can't you get me out of here? Had you ever heard your son talk that way? Never. It was also the last time Lanny Davis would ever hear from his son. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it, the glamour of the roaring 20s wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware, each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. In that last phone call to his parents, Richard Davis was distraught, but wouldn't say why. What was that like for you to be listening to this phone conversation? Oh, it's killing me and I wouldn't dare to help him. Lanny Davis knew that some of his son's comrades considered him eccentric. Now he wondered if Richard was being threatened by them. Does that make any sense to you, that he'd be afraid of his own fellow soldiers? Uh, yes, it does. My, my son, <clears throat> a lot of people picked on my son, even in the military. But Richard hung up without explanation. He spent two more months in the Middle East without calling again. And even when he touched down on U.S. soil, July 13, 2003, he didn't phone home. Richard's friend and comrade, Justin Harris, wasn't surprised. 
Was it like Richard to come home from Iraq and not tell his parents? That was his plan. He was going to come home from the war, get his class A's all fixed up with his new ribbons, and he was going to go fly to, to Missouri and knock on his parents' door and surprise them. But on his second afternoon back from the war, Richard went out on the town with four other soldiers, Douglas Woodcock, Alberto Martinez, Mario Navarrete, and Jacob Burgoyne. We all went together to get something to eat, went out to Hooters. It was spur of the moment. Uh, we're all happy being back. I mean, everybody's gung-ho. Um, everybody wants to go out with everybody, you know? We didn't believe that we were actually in the States and, and we were actually drinking and eating chicken wings. But it, it was a wonderful feeling that we were all together again. After drinking beer for several hours at the restaurant, the group drove to a strip club. We got there, we started playing pool having more drinks. It was at this point, say the others, that Richard began acting strangely. He was being rowdy and he was being insultive uh, to one of the women. I saw Davis and, and uh, Woodcock still at the stage, and Davis was tipping her, throwing, or, or telling her to come here. What kind of shape was Davis in at that point? Very drunk shape. The bouncer told us that he was you know, had too much to drink, and he was starting to pass out at the bar, so Martinez and myself took him out to the car and put him in the back seat so he can sleep. Went back inside. The other four soldiers continued to drink for about another hour, but then left abruptly. Burgoyne and Navarrete apparently believed they had been kicked out of the club because of Richard's behavior. I think Martinez told them that to get him to leave. But in fact, they didn't get kicked out mm. because of Davis. No. But you think Martinez told them that to get them all to leave? Yeah, that's my belief. When he got to the car, Burgoyne went after Richard. I hate him, you know. You didn't just hit him once, did you? No, you I hit, hit him. him a lot of times. Yeah, I hit him a few times. And he wasn't hitting you back? No, he didn't hit me back. What happened after that then? We got in the car. And where were you going? The barracks. It was around midnight when the five soldiers drove off in Alberto Martinez's car. At formation the next day, they all reported for duty, except Richard Davis. The Army didn't initiate an official search. It just listed Richard as AWOL, absent without leave. And the four soldiers who had been with him the night before weren't asked any questions. We tried numerous calls down there. And all we could get from the unit at the time was, uh, we're looking for him. What are the two of you going through? Well, we can't eat, we can't sleep. We were just basket cases. Did that sound like Rich? To of go course AWOL? not. That wasn't my son. By mid-August, Richard had been missing for a month. Hopefully I could find uh, some type of a clue or a lead to, to trace down my son. Lanny headed off to Georgia to search for his son himself. It wouldn't have mattered if he had if got a lead to go to South America, I would have went. But when Lanny got to Fort Benning, he says it became clear no one was looking very hard for his son. And that's when his old military policeman instincts kicked in. 
Lanny started digging around and soon made a significant discovery. If you're going to go AWOL, number one, you got you got to think about it at least for five minutes. <clears throat> and when you think about that, well, I better bring some clothing. You know, I better bring my shaving gear or my toothbrush or, or my medication, whatever it, it is. He didn't take any of that? Nothing was taken. It wasn't until September, two months after Richard disappeared, that the Army finally opened an official investigation. The four soldiers still hadn't told anyone they were out with Richard the night he disappeared. But on November 7, 2003, a tip finally came in that led to a gruesome discovery. Coroner James Donovan. This is where we found the body. He was found laying here. His head was facing this way and his feet were this way. Richard Davis was dead. His remains scattered in these woods, several miles from Fort Benning. I think he'd been out here probably two and a half, three months. All that was left of Richard were his bones, which were covered with nicks and cuts. He was stabbed in the head, neck, and chest approximately 33 times. 33 stab wounds that you can find. Do you think that's all? Oh, I'm sure he was stabbed more than 33 times. Their worst fears realized. Lanny and Remy Davis finally brought Richard home to bury him. What do you think you miss the most? Just from the side, hi, Dad, I love you. But the search for who killed Richard Davis was only beginning. How would you describe what has happened to your son? He was a victim of uh, uh, premeditated murder. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This whole essence... Spirit. Spirit is here. Spirits in these trees and yeah, he's, he's here. Grass, everything. Close as we'll ever get to him, you know. In the Georgia woods where Richard Davis's bones were discovered, his parents have built a shrine. But uh, that covers his picture. They know Richard was stabbed. I can just hardly imagine 
the fear he had. They wish they knew why. It's so many questions, but maybe someday the truth will come out. The truth about what happened to Richard Davis was still a secret months after he disappeared. The four soldiers who had been with him all kept to themselves. And one of them, Jacob Burgoyne, told investigators that he had last seen Richard alive. And then Burgoyne told his closest friend a completely different story. He said, I got, some, I got to tell you something. Just, I don't know if I should, but it's bothered me. In a drunken conversation with fellow soldier Matt Thompson, Burgoyne made a startling revelation. He said, I know who killed Davis. He said, I was there. Burgoyne even told Thompson where Richard's body lay. Jake offered to take you to where they had the body? Yeah. Did you go? I said, I'm not, no part of it, no. But Thompson did make sure Burgoyne's secret was passed around. And on November 7, 2003, Army investigators finally heard the story. It led them to Richard's remains. Because the crime happened off the base, Columbus, Georgia police took over. And the four soldiers who were last with Davis, Jacob Burgoyne, Alberto Martinez, Mario Navarrete, and Douglas Woodcock were charged with murder. Did Martinez just refuse to talk? That's right. And I attempted to interview Woodcock, and he said, I have no idea as to what you're talking about. But Detective Andrew Tyner had no trouble getting Burgoyne to talk about the night of July 14. We were in the Globe. He was very open. Immediately? Immediately. We got into an argument. Burgoyne now admits the fight he started with Richard Davis outside the strip club so soon after returning from the war continued when the five soldiers drove away. Martinez was driving. Mm -hmm. Where were you going? I thought we were just driving back to the barracks. But instead, Martinez pulled over in a wooded area miles from Fort Benning, and everyone got out. And that's when I thought, well, hell, we're going to fight. I'm going to do it right here. Burgoyne says he started hitting Richard Davis again. And he said, leave me alone. And he went like this, and he walked towards where Martinez was at. But what happened next, he says, took him completely by surprise. Martinez pulled a knife. And uh, that's when Martinez came out and just thoom, stuck him right in the side, his left side. Why? He didn't give an answer. He just stuck him. What did Richard Davis do? He fell. Fell to the ground. I see Martinez had blood in his hands. Navarrete says he tried to intervene. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing, Martinez? You can't do this, man. I'm telling him we're going, please, man, stop him. We started talking to him and trying, trying to plead with him. And then Burgoyne tells me, he grabbed my shoulder, he said, calm down, promise me to calm down. I'll take care of it, little brother. I'll talk to Martini. And I turn around, I walk towards the car. Navarat claims he saw nothing of what happened next. And Woodcock claims he had drunkenly wandered away. I heard it, you know, muffled arguing, and that was it. Which left Burgoyne as the only witness. I looked around. I seen him and came right over top of Davis and hit him, stuck him. And he was hitting him all in the back area and kidney area and, and, and lung area back in the back and, and this neck and skull area. Uh, he just started going on a, a rampage with him, 
like like I ain't never seen a man do. I never seen a man do that. What did you hear Richard Davis say? Said he had a family. He was screaming. Said he had a family. And you just stood there. Yes, ma'am. Last thing he said was he was dead. He was dead. He said it twice. And then I didn't hear no more sounds. From Martinez. Martinez kept sticking him, taking his time. Just kept sticking him, sticking him, sticking him. He was putting the blade in him and churning it. That was it. It was over. You could have stopped him. No. You didn't even try. I explained to him. I verbally, I tried, but physically, no, I didn't. Not when I saw his eyes. All you could do was see red. That was it. And he wanted to kill that guy. He wanted to. And that was his. That was his thing. And it scared. It scared the out of me. During Alberto Martinez's entire rampage, Burgoyne insists he was merely a bystander. It was only after Richard Davis was dead that Burgoyne says he sprung into action. I grabbed his legs, and Martinez grabbed his arms. I just moved him off into the brush about five feet. Why would you help Martinez? I just wanted to go home. I wanted to get out of there, get away from it. Next, all four soldiers drove to a convenience store where Burgoyne bought lighter fluid. Then they drove back to the woods. I lit a match and I dropped it, and I took off running. How could you do this? It's like I didn't have no conscience. It was dead body. This is what I got to do, and that's what I thought off the top of my head. Burn them. A few nights later, Burgoyne, Martinez, and Navarrete went back to hide Richard's remains deeper in the woods. Why did you go back? It wasn't my decision to go back. Oh, but you went back. But you I, could have gotten out of the car. You could have walked away. I could have, but I didn't, because um, I was afraid. The four soldiers all went their separate ways until they were arrested nearly four months later, and Burgoyne gave police his statement. I know now you can't run from, you can't run from secrets, like you said. Martinez stabs him, the others stand by. Does that story make sense to you? Of course not. That's the biggest cock of lies I ever heard in my life. They're not afraid of Martinez. Martinez wasn't a ringleader. I think Burgoyne was. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
Why would anyone want to kill Richard Davis? That's a million dollar question. Justin Harris served with all four men arrested for Richard Davis's murder. And he finds it hard to believe Alberto Martinez, who was married and a father and about to leave the army, would commit such a crime. As far as I've known Martinez, a couple of years, he never one time even got into a fight. I was surprised by the whole situation, really. But uh, as far as picking a person out of it... It wouldn't be Martinez. It wouldn't be Martinez. But Harris says Burgoyne's involvement isn't surprising at all. In fact, just before B Company deployed to Iraq in January 2003... What happened this night when these pictures were taken? Burgoyne had a confrontation with Richard at another strip club. What happened next now seems eerily familiar. Richard threw some change on the stage. The lady that was on the stage took that offensive, and we ended up being asked to leave. And Burgoyne said, all I want to know is who threw the change. And Richard raised his hand and said, I did. And Burgoyne then started hitting him pretty hard. So hearing that Jake was involved in this event that ended up with the death of Richard Davis isn't that surprising to you? Not really. Doesn't surprise me much at all. You don't believe that your son is guilty of murder? No. Jacob Burgoyne's mother, Billy Urban, never doubted her son or his story that Alberto Martinez alone stabbed Richard Davis. What she could not understand is why Burgoyne would watch it all happen and then cover it up. It's like it's another person, you know, because it, it, that isn't something that my son would do. Then, shortly after Burgoyne was arrested, Billy discovered medical records among his things that she says explain a lot about her son's actions that night. I could not believe what I was reading. Soon after he left the war zone, Burgoyne reported that he thought he might hurt someone. Even more alarming, while in Kuwait about a week before the murder, he overdosed on prescription drugs. Did you try to kill yourself? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. After you overdosed and you ended up in this medical clinic, what did you want to happen to you? Well. I wanted to get help. I mean, it scared me, really. Burgoyne was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it was directed that he be monitored at all times, that he not carry weapons, and that he report to the psychiatric unit when he returned to Fort Benning. Jake literally, for the most part, lived life on the edge. Physically and mentally, he's capable of, of doing a lot of things. And when you have that type of soldier can, you know, confront you with a problem, you better take action right away. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome home, soldiers of Sledgehammer! He came back July 10th. When Burgoyne arrived at Fort Benning, Billy was there to greet him. She was surprised when he was immediately escorted to the psychiatric unit of the hospital. But he never saw a psychiatrist. He just spoke to one on the phone. And he told me, if you come back and show up Monday, just promise me you'll be there. And I said, I will. Then Burgoyne was simply released without treatment. And four days later, Richard Davis was murdered. The Army just said, well, okay, call us Monday and, and go ahead and have a good time, in effect. 
Psychologist John Stuart Curry was hired by Burgoyne's attorney. Was that a responsible way to handle someone like Jacob Burgoyne? Not at all. He should have been hospitalized in a locked unit. As they prepare for the trial, prosecutors Stacy Jackson and Greg Conger make a pivotal decision. They believe Jacob Burgoyne's version of the story and will argue that Alberto Martinez did all the stabbing. Proving that, however, isn't going to be easy. Our evidence on Martinez was very lacking at that point, so we wanted somebody to testify. There's no physical evidence tying Martinez to the murder, so prosecutors need two of the others to testify against him. After months of negotiations, they finally get what they need, but not the two soldiers they were expecting. Woodcoff is the first to agree to testify. Prosecutors then offer to drop the murder charges against Navarrete in exchange for his testimony. Surprisingly, he turns the deal down, which leaves prosecutors with the one option they had hoped to avoid. They must strike a deal with Burgoyne, the man who admits he started the attack against Richard that night. Were you at all concerned that you might be making a deal with the guy who did the actual stabbing? I had no concern. Finally, on January 23, 2006, in a Columbus, Georgia courthouse, Alberto Martinez and Mario Navarrete go on trial for the murder of Richard Davis. Mr. Lanny Davis never got a chance to see his son again after he returned from war. Why? Because this man here, Alberto Martinez, decided to take his life. His co-defendant, Mario Navarrete, stood there and watched. Prosecutors opened forcefully. He would stab and twist, stab and twist, stab and twist. But when Douglas Woodcoff takes the stand, he can't say he actually witnessed Martinez do the stabbing. I saw Mr. Martinez kneeling or squatting, and he looked like he was swinging. Was there a human down there? I did not see one. It's, the grasses were very tall. So prosecutors are now completely dependent. Do you swear a firm testimony about giving this case to be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Yes. On Jacob Burgoyne. Martinez had nothing to do with what I was doing with Davis. Nothing at all. And he came out of nowhere and hit him with a knife. After Davis fell to the ground, what happened next? And Navarrete was talking to Martinez saying, you can't do it, you can't do it. And I said, I, I was looking at Davis when I saw his shirt torn a little bit with a hole inside and there was some blood on it. And I looked at Martinez and I knew he had that knife in his hand. The defense buys none of it. The truth is, you started stabbing him right there in the car. No, sir. Martinez's attorney, Bob Watkins, tries to convince the jury that the prosecution's star witness is the real killer. You were so mad, you really couldn't stop stabbing him. No, sir. You were mad at him, weren't you? I was mad at him, but I, wasn't, I didn't have no knife or anything to stab him with. And after about two or three strokes, he just he couldn't defend himself anymore, could he? Uh, it's not true, sir. Okay. Burgoyne holds his own and he's not letting anyone off the hook. You know what I'm saying? I know who the killer is. I know who was involved. I know my part in it. I'm just as guilty. I'm guilty here just like everyone else is guilty. Everyone here is guilty. Once the prosecution rests, 
Mario Navarrete unexpectedly takes the stand in his own defense and immediately regrets it. On that night, quite only a few feet from where Davis was stabbed 33 times, you want this juror to believe you didn't see who stabbed Davis? Yes, um, I did not see or hear anything because I was crying like a little girl in the back of seat of the car, not knowing what, what was happening out there. Alberto Martinez never utters a word, and the case goes to the jury. You should start your deliberations with an open mind. Bailiff will escort you to the jury room. I want justice. I want, I want all to be in jail for the rest of their entire life. That's what I want. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't believe half the stuff they're saying in there. I know God's the one that has to forgive. And uh, but see, since I'm not God, I don't have to forgive. And I will never forgive. With the case in the hands of the jury, Lanny and Remy Davis wait anxiously. And has the jury reached the verdict? Yes, Your Honor. But they don't have to wait long. After only two and a half hours. Would the district attorney publish the verdict? State versus Alberto Martinez, guilty. State versus Mario Navarrete, guilty. Both are guilty of murdering Richard Davis. The judge sentences them immediately. My sentence uh, is to spend the remainder of your natural life in the penitentiary of this state. The Davises' ordeal isn't over yet. Three days later, they're back in court for the sentencing of Jacob Burgoyne, who pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter. There's no words I can express. I don't know any big words. I don't know anything that I can express enough to say how sorry I am and how regretful I am about the death of Davis. Mr. Mr. Lanny, Davis. Lanny wasn't allowed to address the court when Martinez and Navarrete were sentenced. But now, he finally gets his chance. I want to look at his face. You murdered my son. I don't forgive you. You're nothing but a cold-blooded, dirty murderer. The Lord himself won't forgive people like you. Whatever demon you worship won't forgive you. There's not a name in this world that's bad enough for you. And if I had my way, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. You're lucky as hell I can't get my hands on you. 
I, I know I got anger and I let my emotions take over and I couldn't stop it. He said, I'm sorry, that means nothing. You know, tell it to the wind. Under the terms of Burgoyne's plea deal, the judge has the right to give him the maximum sentence, and he does, 20 years in prison. Burgoyne's mother is devastated. I wish I could bring back their son. It's just changed everybody's lives, you know. We won't forget it. I don't want to do this again, you know. So, let go. The following week, Douglas Woodcock pleads guilty to concealing a death and is sentenced to just five years of probation. The Richard Davis case is now closed, but the trial failed to answer one crucial question. In fact, it barely came up at all. Why was Richard murdered? At this point, only one man may know. Although Alberto Martinez wouldn't talk to 48 Hours, he did talk to Mario Navarrete, but he didn't say much. When I ask why, I mean, he has, he has no explanation. He tells me he didn't do it. What do you mean I mean, he says he didn't do it? That he didn't, he didn't do nothing, Davis. Why did Martinez stab Richard Davis? I don't know. Incredibly, both Woodcoff and Burgoyne claim they never even asked him. I didn't want to say nothing more to that man. But Lanny Davis thinks he may know the reason. In a May 2004 article about Richard's murder, Playboy magazine reported that Martinez and Navarrete were alleged to have raped a young Iraqi woman while guarding a mall, and that Richard might have known about it. I believe that what he might have seen over there, uh, whether it was a rape or some other atrocities, I believe that he probably reported that. There's no way I can prove that, but I know on my son, he would, he would say something. An Army investigation launched after the article was published found no evidence of rape, but it did find that some soldiers paid for sex with Iraqi women. Douglas Woodcoff says that was common knowledge. Do you think that what happened later on had anything to do with that incident involving Iraqi women? No. What makes you so sure of that? Because of how open everybody was about it. So they weren't concerned about people knowing. Mm -hmm. It couldn't possibly be that Davis had information about no. Martinez. However, Woodcoff does think there could be a connection between their combat experiences in Iraq and Richard's brutal murder so soon after they returned. I mean, there could be some elaborate reason. It could just be, well, just cause. Just cause? I, you never it know. seems too violent. Anyone looking at this. But we were only back for, you know, a day, a couple days at the most. And coming from a battle zone where you solved your problems with violence. I mean, it's how war is. I mean, you, you train and train to hold your skills to gain the knowledge you need to kill. But then when it's done, people ain't looking at the other side. Do you think that's what was going on? That Martinez was acting been. the same way he would have if he were still in Iraq? He could have. What drove Martinez to kill that night may always be a mystery, but there is evidence that this war is taking a psychological toll on soldiers. Recent Army studies found that nearly one in five Iraq War veterans reported mental health problems and recommended better counseling. Nobody ever sat down in, in a room, one-on-one, -on -one, and talked about what we went through and what's going on in their minds. 
Ironically, on the very night Richard was murdered, Woodcock was still worried about his post-war state of mind. That night before I started drinking, I didn't take a belt with me, a knife with me, because I didn't want to take that chance of thinking I'm still in Iraq and taking it out on a local. The Army refused to comment on any aspect of the Richard Davis case or how they deal with the issues facing returning soldiers, including Jacob Burgoyne. Instead, they released this statement to 48 Hours saying they mourn Richard's loss and are grateful that those responsible for his murder have been brought to justice. Oh dear Lord, please take him to the place you have prepared for him in heaven. Richard Davis survived Iraq, but his father Lanny still considers him a casualty of war. This is the field of valor, and it's uh, supposed to be for all military whether they was killed in the military or not, it just uh, even veterans that pass away can be buried here. As soldiers from Richard's unit train for a third deployment to Iraq, Lanny continues to mourn for a soldier who will never fight again and who will never come home. Every time I come up here, I keep hoping he's not there no more. I keep hoping he's still alive. That might sound funny, but I just sort of hope all this has been a bad dream. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Are you ready for an all new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.